stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm going solo again to talk about the IPO myth. You've seen those stories because we've all seen them. They are clickbait. They are stories with headlines like Amazon up 217,000% since its IPO, or what if you bought NVIDIA at its IPO? You would have XYZ amount of money. And NVIDIA, by the way, is up 35,000% plus since its IPO. So these are all extraordinary numbers. That's why we like to talk about it and think about it and put it into headlines, right? So $10,000 invested in Amazon's IPO in 1997 was worth $21 million at the end of 2020. I did a whole podcast on what some of these big winners have done over the last 30 years. You can go back in earlier in 2021 and find that podcast. So um, Amazon at the end of 2020, that was worth $21.7 million if you'd put $10,000 in. And, um, but uh, it's basically still worth right around 21, maybe 22 million here in 2021. Now that we're going into July, because the stock hasn't done much this year, right? So it's kind of been trending, treading water. So not much has changed there. NVIDIA's IPO, which was in January, 1999. Now think about what was happening in January, 1999. If you're old enough to have been investing and trading at that time, it was crazy. It was mania dot-com boom was going on, but NVIDIA was one of the big winners of the dot-com boom era. And it's now been up, as I said, over 35% through the end of 2020, and even more so because it's now hitting in new highs, busting out again. But at the end of 2020, it was up 35,000%, and $10,000 was worth $3.5 million. So not too bad at the end of 2020, and you'd have even a lore now that it's busted out to new highs. So while it's great to dream about our riches if we had bought the IPO, most investors are lucky if they hold a stock for even two years, or let's just say five years. Have you ever hold, held a stock for even five years? Or have you even held for two years? So two years would put us back into July of 2019, well before the pandemic started. Seems like a long time ago, right? Not really that long ago, just two years ago. So think about whether or not you really would hold for 20 or even 30 years with some of these IPOs, both NVIDIA and Amazon are over 20 years ago. But the great thing is about investing is that many stocks have performed well way past their IPOs. So that's really the IPO myth that you have to buy the IPO to have this big mega winner. That is wrong, 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 wrong. Even with Amazon and Nvidia, it's wrong. So I took a look at Amazon over the last five years and it's up 374% in that time period. Now you might say, meh, that's not so great. 374%, you know, it's good. It's not getting me millions of dollars, right? With my $10,000, but the S&P 500 is up just 104% during that time period. And the triple Qs, the Invesco ETF, 
QQQ is up 227%. So that's not too shabby either for those triple Qs. But Amazon's still performing over the last five years up 374% in that time period. But let's just say oh, you still think that's not that good. What if you had bought NVIDIA five years ago? Those shares are up 1,428%. So I'd say that's a little bit better. You're doing, you're doing a little bit better with your $10,000 if you'd done that five years ago. PayPal, what if you'd bought that? It's been a hot stock. Everybody's been talking about it for numerous years now. It was spun off from eBay. What if you'd bought it on the spinoff, which is basically like its IPO, right? PayPal up 646% over the five-year time period. What about on retail side? What if you loved Lulu's yoga pants and you bought some of that? Lululemon, L-U-L-U, up 391%, beating Amazon over the last five years. What about furniture, RH? What if you had decided to go with them five years ago, up 2,036% over five years? What about uh, another semiconductor? Say you're like, weren't big on NVIDIA. You decided to go with Advanced Micro instead, AMD, up 1,500% over the last five years. Even switching out to a no-name industry, construction. What if you had gone with construction five years ago? What if you had believed in uh, candidate Trump and then when he became president there, what if you had believed in him with infrastructure? You would have gone with United Rentals. URI is the ticker, up 370% over five years. Let me remind you, Amazon, up 374. United Rentals, up 370%, basically neck and neck. What if you bought that railroad? Not so great. Union Pacific, UNP, up 153. So still good. Still hitting all-time highs here in 2021, actually. But uh, underperforming the QQQs, but outperforming the S&P 500. Estee Lauder, ticker EL, makeup. That's been hitting new highs, up 244% over the last five years. So the makeup guys, what did I say the Qs? Up 227. Makeup beating the triple Qs. Some haven't been so great. Um, I did take a look at some of the banks, but some of them doing better than the S&P 500. JP Morgan, ticker JPM, up 151. So similar to Union Pacific. Bank of America up 217, 217%. So almost in line with the QQQs for Bank of America. Um, UNH, healthcare. UNH has been a big winner since Obamacare over a decade ago, up 187% over the five years, beating the S&P 500, but not the QQQs, ticker UNH. What about those that are the losers? Because I know what you're thinking. Oh, Tracy, you're only bringing us all these big winners. Well, it would be nice if I could pick the winner every single time, because wouldn't it be for all of us? But we're not going to. And I'm going to talk about a couple here that haven't been winners over the last five years. They have underperformed, but they're big names that you would think would have outperformed. So most of the big drug companies are bad performers over the last five years. Johnson & Johnson, up just 35.4%. 
None of this includes the dividends, by the way. Johnson & Johnson just 35.4. So you're really underperforming just even the basic S&P 500 index over the last five years. But a couple of these other ones are ones I own in my own portfolio. Ulta, ticker ULTA, it's up just 43% over the last five years, despite its you know growth trajectory and its solid earnings reports, up just 43. Bookings, formerly known as Pripe, Priceline, BKNG, I also own this, up 80% over the last five years. And that's because it has rebounded off its coronavirus lows, but underperforming just the basic S&P 500. I would have been better off just buying the S&P index or the triple Qs by far. So that's some of the ones that always don't keep up with this big growth trajectory. But my point with all of these examples is, again, you don't need to buy the IPO. Facebook, ticker FB, as we all know, went IPO in 2012. It was great if you bought it then. Let's say you bought it on the IPO, but remember it plunged down just after the IPO. So you weren't feeling so hot in the beginning, but it has recovered. It's now busting out to new highs again here in 2021. So you're up 818% if you had held on. If you had held on to that sell-off that happened in the first year or so after the IPO, you're up 18, uh, 818%. But what about in the last five years? What if you had decided later, hey, I still like Facebook. I'm using Instagram all the time. Um, I'm going to buy it now. It's up 198% over the last five years. So not as good as Amazon or even United Rentals or even Estee Lauder. But still beating the S&P 500, but not the QQQs. So this only tells you how difficult it is, right? Even on these high growth names. So how do you know if your stock will be NVIDIA or Johnson & Johnson? You don't know. I didn't know that Ulta would basically trade in this narrow trading range over the last five years. Still isn't busted out of it. I didn't know that the pandemic would happen and bookings would plunge down and then plunge back up, but now is off its highs again. Um, you don't know as an investor. That's why you need to have a diverse portfolio. Can't just buy one and hope for the best. Maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe you'll get that lottery stock. Um, or maybe you'll, you'll get one of the semi-lottery stocks, the ones that are outperforming, but not the huge winners. But that's why you need the diverse portfolio of, I believe, between 10 and 20 stocks. And nothing wrong with owning some of these major indexes I'm talking about. You know, nothing wrong with owning the S&P 500. A cheap way to own it is through Vanguard. It's VOO is the ticker. I do own this in my, my own portfolio now. So I am still getting the index. You can put it in as a smaller position and then you're just getting the market. Nothing wrong with that. You can own the Invesco ETF, the triple Qs. And if you don't want to pay the high price per share for that one, they did launch the triple Qs with an M on the end where it's a little bit cheaper, but it holds the same stocks. But you don't have to pay the over 300 or whatever it's at now. I haven't looked at it lately. Um, you pay about half the price per share. So maybe you want to go that direction, but you can get the triple Qs. Um, and remember, while 
Um, it would be nice to own several of these big winners. It would be great to own, um, you know, let me recap. What were those? NVIDIA and RH in the same portfolio and Advanced Micro for the last five years. That would be tremendous. But what if you just owned one of them? What if I just owned NVIDIA? And I do kick myself for not buying it five years ago when my work colleague Dave Bartosiak was espousing the greatness of NVIDIA with at least with video gaming. <laughs> and I should have listened to him. And at the time I was like, yeah, I should buy some of that. And then I did not. But if you had listened to Dave and more recently, Kevin Cook, who owns it in his portfolio here at Zach's, then you'd be better off. And what if you own one of those just big, huge mega winners or like the Tesla or um, AMD? If you own just one of those, it basically can make your portfolio. So, yeah, if I owned Amazon on the IPO and all my other stocks were kind of losers, but I put my 10000 in there and I never sold it and now I have $21 million dollars then I'm probably doing pretty good even if I had losers with several other $10,000 investments, right? But that is the unicorn. That is the super outperformer. Um, but it really only takes just, you know, getting lucky and getting into one of these companies. So my advice is don't look back at what could have been if only you had bought that IPO 10 years, 20 years, or 30 years ago. Or even some of these, oh, you know, like I just said, oh, if only I'd listened to Dave and bought NVIDIA five years ago. Um, because I bought shares of Microsoft in the dot-com bust. So I was buying it in like 2001, 2002. I think I even continued on into 2003 in what was then my share builder account because um, it was one of the big winners of the late 1990s. It was a great company. People still believed in it, even as the bust was happening, even as those shares came down. It was cheap. And I thought, why not buy some here? But I did end up selling it a few years later. Why was that? Because the shares went nowhere. They were literally stagnated um, once they hit the bottom. And, you know, we got nothing was going on. They finally decided to pay a dividend. So at least then shareholders were getting something through the dividend. But the shares basically went nowhere till 2013. So do I regret not hanging on and holding those shares from those early 2000s? No, because there's always another chance to get into a good company that has a solid business model and the growth. Um, so I bought again into Microsoft in July 2019. I had to go look up to see when I bought before I did this podcast to make sure I got it right. I knew it was before the pandemic, but I couldn't remember if it was 2019 or 2018. Turns out it was July 2019. So basically two years ago, it's up 100% in that two-year time period versus the S&P up 46%. It is now busting out to another set of new highs and I'm still getting the dividend again, um, but I'm, I did not own Microsoft from the IPO. I did not even own it from my 2002 buy, but I have managed to get back in and am now back in what I consider to be a solid company at a decent valuation when I bought 
two years ago. I'm not adding to my position here because I feel like it's a little expensive for me as a more of a value investor type of investor, but I'm just holding on to my shares. So these lessons are important, um, especially as you continue to see these headlines. We saw them when Tesla had that huge breakout in 2020. And a lot of people were like, oh, if only I had held my shares because there were people who bought early in the Tesla cycle several years ago that were like me with Microsoft. Eh, they're not going anywhere. I'm getting out of these. And they sold. But it isn't too late to get into a good company um, even years or decades later, as the case may be with Microsoft or even with Apple decades later, right? So keep that in mind as you're considering um, what you're buying. And one more piece of advice, uh, what has happened in the past doesn't necessarily mean what will be happening in the future either. So don't try to chase all the huge winners necessarily, but make sure you're researching those fundamentals and what's happening inside the company with the business, with the growth. Is, is the business storyline that you think is still there, still there? Um, do, is the future looking as bright as the past has? Uh, make sure you're looking at all that. Look at those earnings estimates on Zacks.com. What does the growth look like? A lot of these companies um, that have had big gains still have pretty good growth trajectories going forward and don't have super crazy valuations as you might think. Um, so, you know, look at all of that, look at companies that are earning money that at the top of their industry, those are the ones we tend to talk about as the winners since their IPO, right? The leaders in their industry. All these companies I just mentioned are bigger caps now. Some were not a couple of years ago, but many of them bigger or mega caps and they are the winners which is why you see the outperformance in the shares for the most part um some not outperforming because i would consider bookings to be a, a leader in its industry and it's not outperforming the s p 500 so again have a diverse portfolio but uh don't look back don't look at these headlines about the ipo gains and think like oh if only that was me look at the future, look at what could be, and find great companies that way, and follow through. <laughs> invest in them, invest in the ones that make your heart go pitter-patter, and where you're like, wow, look at, look at how much they're growing those earnings and those sales, and they're crushing it, and get, in, get into some of those. Um, but yeah, like this is an interesting time. Markets are breaking out to new highs and we're gonna have a lot more of these companies at these all time highs. And it's good to know uh, kind of where you stand and what you're looking for when you're creating your own portfolio. So uh, let me recap a lot of the tickers I talked about. They're basically the ones we all know, but there's a few kind of hidden ones in here that have performed better than you may think that I mentioned. So NVIDIA, of course, NVDA, Amazon, AMZN. I do own that one in my own personal portfolio. And no, I didn't buy it on the IPO. And I didn't buy it after the bust in 2002. I bought that one in 2016. So only five years for me on Amazon, but I'm not complaining. So keep that in mind. 
You don't have to buy at the IPO again. Uh, United Rentals, URI, many longtime listeners or people who follow me on my tweets know I owned URI as well in my own personal portfolio. I actually sold it two years ago uh, for a gain, but I bought Microsoft with it. So I'm not feeling too bad that I sold it, but they're, they're still soaring and they should do well on any kind of infrastructure plan that passes when we finally get one. United Rentals, URI. PayPal, P-Y-P-L, Lululemon, I own that one. I bought that only a couple of years ago as well. L-U-L-U, R-H, many of you know I have owned that for several years now. Um, I did sell some last year on the coronavirus sell-off. Oh well, I did, I did take a gain, but shares have soared. RH is the ticker there. Um, advanced micro devices, I know many of you have gotten into this one. It's red hot, AMD. Then we had Estee Lauder also hitting new highs. I missed out on this one on the beauty side. EL is the ticker. Then booking, that's one that has underperformed over the last five years, up only, only 80% during that time period. BKNG, and I do own that one. JP Morgan, I know many of you are in the banks and have been trying to hold on. A bunch of them are raising their dividends and doing bigger buybacks. That should give you some more motivation to be patient in those banks. JPM is the ticker. Bank of America, very popular as well. Warren Buffett has owned it for years. BAC is the ticker there. On the healthcare side, United Healthcare, it was hitting new highs earlier here in 2021. And the... Um, Affordable Care Act has just been upheld again, so should be good news for some of these health insurers, UNH. Then we had Johnson & Johnson, a surprisingly underperformer over the last five years, even though it has one of the coronavirus vaccine, vaccines. J&J &J is the ticker on that one. And then Ulta on the beauty side it was a big winner earlier in the last decade and then has kind of stalled out here over the last five years. It's getting a new CEO. Maybe that's part of the reason, but uh, we will see what happens on the reopening with beauty and makeup. That is ticker Ulta, U-L-T-A. And then if you just want to buy some of the indexes, again, the Vanguard S&P 500 is V as in Victor, O-O, and the Invesco ETF, the QQQs, that's easy. QQQ and the smaller one, if you want to buy more shares of it, QQQM as in Mary, QQQM. So as always, I'm going to be bringing you everything that's going on in the stock market and we're having earnings season coming up imminently. And so that always brings some exciting episodes. I may try to have Shiraz Mian back on to talk about what earnings season is looking like because it's looking hot again. So you don't want to miss a single episode of The Market Edge. Get us every week here. You can get us on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. We're on SoundCloud, of course. Anywhere that you get podcasts, you can find us. But for sure to get us. And I'll see you again next time with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. 
Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.